Shalom, and welcome to the Discipleship Discussion Podcast, the show where we discuss how discipleship to Messiah Yeshua informs our choices and actions in everyday life. My name is Ben Frostad, and with me today are Chris Stevens and David Johnson, and we're going to continue our conversation from last time on the art of being different. So, one of the points that we made in our last episode was that someone can have a vibrant, healthy relationship with Yeshua and yet disagree with me, which is a hard concept for us as humans to grasp. And I think that, you know, even though we might not be conscious of it all the time, unconsciously, we often have a difficult time with that. It's so easy just to write someone off and say, well, they're not a sincere believer or not a true believer if we have these theological differences. But that's that's not the mature option to go, right? And so let's talk about how we can have a more mature reaction when we encounter differences. So first of all, I think it's important to remember that as humans, we have a drive for togetherness and we also have a drive for individuality, right? Like we have this, we have this need to be able to come together and work together with others and we also have this need to like be our own person <laughs> to be different right and and those two exist simultaneously we need both the lower our level of emotional maturity the more we're going to feel torn between those two forces right so if we're in a less emotionally mature state we're going to struggle with on the one hand wanting to be connected to people and on the other hand, feeling like we can't be connected to people and be different at the same time. It just reminds me of my kids. Like, they play together awesome a lot of the time, and they want to be together, and they want to be doing the same thing. And then it gets to a point where, <laughs> you know, they just need to be separated because if they're in the same room together, <laughs> they're just driving each other nuts. And so, you know, like... The, the need for togetherness and also individuality is, is yeah, it's super important. And, and we see that, you know, especially where they're not incredibly emotionally mature, there's there's not a lot of tolerance there to go between the two. It's either one or the other, you know? Yeah. I think that a lot of the times we assume there are only two options when we're confronted with differences. That one option is to compromise. The other option is to distance yourself or to, to cut off, right? So, for example, if, if, you're, if you have a relationship with a friend, right, and a difference comes up, a disagreement or something like that in your relationship, a lot of times we assume the options are either we have to one of us has to change so that we agree, right? You, you compromise somehow, or you have to end the relationship. <laughs> that those are the only two options, right? For some people, the only way that they can be different is to cut off. But the moment that you cut off in order to be different, you lose the capacity to be an influence. So let's bring this into like a community scenario. If I'm in a community 
and someone else is a community, and we have a difference of opinion. You know, last episode we were using the example of a difference in opinion about the calendar, right? Sometimes, you know, one response would be to say, well, I guess I'll have to change my opinion so that I can continue to be a healthy part of this community. Another response might be, well, I can't change my opinion, so I have to leave the community. But I want to suggest that there's a third option. <laughs> and in, in almost everything we face, we have to look for that third option. And that is, I can still be different, but I can still be connected, right? That's difficult. It's difficult. It's the most difficult of the three options. But it's also the healthiest. Yes. Right? So there's there's an art to being different, to maintaining differences while staying connected. And the more we're able to do that, the healthier we'll be as individuals and as families and communities. Yeah, and there is a tension there between having conflict in the works, being able to engage in healthy conflict and healthy differences of opinion with others and also valuing relational maturity, valuing relational harmony and um, just keeping relationships strong and community strong and engaging in all of those at the same time. It does take maturity. It takes, it takes uh, intentionality, um, focusing on allowing ourselves to be different than each other and being okay with that without requiring uniformity. Yeah. Well, and part of it is like we were talking about last time about being able to listen to the other person and even being able to entertain an idea that you disagree with, right? And so, so that in the midst of that conversation, you're still able to show love and you're still able to um, maintain a healthy relationship without focusing just on the disagreement. Well, and how many of us have never been wrong right like like the, <laughs> right like the, there's there's a legit possibility that you know talking about having the influence right right there's we may be able to influence them and they might be able to influence us because you know we might be wrong and and if you just stay in your own echo chamber you never really challenge your own opinions and and have the opportunity to really truly evaluate like you were saying Ben being able to entertain that idea and and really evaluate it and say okay i continue to disagree with this or maybe i need to adjust the way i see things a little bit mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a very distinct possibility cuz we've all been wrong yep yeah yeah, that's important. Um, but like we said last time, there is a boundary to where that applies. Absolutely. Right? Because Absolutely. if you're having a conversation with an unbeliever, yeah. say they're an atheist and they say there is no God, you know, that's not something that we should give the time of day to. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's not a, we, we shouldn't like be trying to entertain that with the possibility that they may be right and we may be wrong. So so yeah there are there are uh, there are deal breakers like we talked about there are there are boundaries outside of which 
we need to maintain our differences. We need to stand our ground. And that's just the way things are. But when we're talking about, you know, oh, I have this view of of this prophecy in the scripture and someone else has this view of this prophecy in the scripture. Um, you know, it is, it is possible that I might be wrong and they may be right. So there's, there's situations where it is valuable and, and healthy to consider other opinions on things like that. Um, I want to talk a bit about process versus content. So when, in the context of marital counseling, when a when a couple comes in for counseling uh, because they they keep having arguments right over different things, uh, oftentimes they don't realize how much their arguments are just like reactionary automatic responses, right? And so the goal of a counselor is to help them see that. The process is the problem rather than the content. When you're in the middle of an argument, uh, let's use something benign like, you know, I squeeze the middle of the toothpaste and my wife squeezes the end of the toothpaste. Actually, it's the other way around, but, <laughs> but you get the picture, right? And, and let's say, you know, that difference is causing us anxiety. And so we begin to argue about it. And then, you know, we think that that's the issue. It's it's that, it's the toothpaste that's the issue. That's the problem in our marriage, but that's not the problem, right? And a good counselor, their goal, their you know, their job is to help you see that the content of your argument is not the problem. It's the process that you're going through that's the problem. It's the reactions that you have, those automatic knee-jerk reactions when someone says. Oh, well, you squeeze the toothpaste wrong. Oh, well, yeah, well, you do it. You know, you know, then it just keeps escalating, right? Yeah, the need to have the final word and just going back and forth. And, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, it's exactly the same thing with any kind of relationship and in communities as well. We tend to assume that the content is the problem when in reality... I think a lot of the times in arguments we have, like theological arguments, uh, matters of faith, a lot of times it's the process rather than the content. So can you elaborate on that for a little, a little more for me, Ben? Just like, for example, in a, in a community setting where there'd be a disagreement, like, let's just throw out a random example of um, choosing a speaker to listen to. Right. What would be an example of it being a process versus a content argument? Right. Well, say two people that are trying to decide on a speaker yeah. have a severe disagreement, right? Yeah. When that disagreement elevates to the point of, you know, it's affecting their relationship, it's mm -hmm. affecting their ability to think clearly, they get very emotional when the subject comes up, they start to see the other person as doing things to them mm -hmm. <laughs> intentionally, right? Th these are issues of process rather than content. I mean, yeah, there's there's a legitimate difference there. And how that difference is resolved, there are different options of, as to how it could be resolved, right? But when when process is the issue, 
we can't see those options, mm-hmm. right? We can't we can't see the third option because we're so focused about how they're wrong and I'm right, or they don't see things the proper way, or you know, they have this character trait, which is why they're choosing this speaker instead of that speaker, and you know, we come up with all these reasons why in our own head. We, we're, we're very good at analyzing other people and coming up with all the reasons why they have the flaws they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of that is just in our imagination, right? Yeah, and Ben, that's insightful too, because we need to be able to step back and look objectively at ourselves too, and be aware, as aware of our weaknesses, as our strengths, and say, hey, I'm, I'm inclined to be judgmental, I'm inclined to be argumentative, maybe in an unhealthy way, not in a, in a constructive way, and to keep those things in mind during the process as well. Um, to say, oh, these are things I'm inclined towards, and I want to be careful in that regard because I value this friendship, and I actually value the differences as well. Right. I, I think, too, that the, the longer we know someone for like the more the deeper the relationship we have with someone the more knee-jerk our reactions become to a certain extent right like that's why in marriages um you know someone can get along with their co-workers fine and then he goes home and he can't get along with his wife right because there's a deeper relationship there and there's deeper reactions taking place you think it's pattern as well I think it's, yeah, definitely. There's there's patterns that go on. And so we have, you know, it, it becomes like a script or a dance mm-hmm. that's choreographed, right? Where one person says one thing and the other person responds with something else. And, and um, yeah, these patterns can become predictable. But yeah, when we get into talking about like theological issues, again, the problem is that we tend to get extremely emotional about them because the stakes are so high right when it's when it's theological it's hard to talk about them without becoming emotional and reactionary right i mean i mean i know examples where i've had we'll call it a conversation with another individual and you know i can feel like my heart starting to beat faster and my face starting to get flushed and 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 things like that right it's you know those are physical reactions to my emotional reaction that's going on yeah, so this is an incredible amount of anxiety and you don't even have to really even talk about the actual subject you can just be talking to the person about anything and you reacting to the person yeah rather than the than the actual subject of your discussion at all and you know to be fair we should be passionate about our faith oh, absolutely yeah right but when there's too much of our emotions in there, it's that's when it's difficult to see that process is the problem rather than content, right? And again, this is not to deny the legitimacy of certain theological concerns. Like we've already talked about, there are legitimate deal breakers. There are legitimate things that we need to stand firm on, the truth of God's word, the identity of Messiah, um, you know, God's plan of salvation, these are things that are core to who we are. But the thing is, if our process were perfected, we'd be able to maintain our stance without compromise, and we'd be able to set up the proper boundaries while still remaining connected to people that are different than us. 
right? And so that's that's where this third option <laughs> is tough to be able to stay connected while being different. But that's the healthy response. So yeah, there are all these issues in our movement as as messianics. There's all these things that become a source of division, right? And someone takes a stand, and then the battle lines are drawn, and you know, there's all these. Everyone takes sides, and you know, it's it's not wrong to have a stance, right? We're not supposed to be relativists or backboneless, wishy-washy kind of invertebrates, <laughs> but it's often easy to forget that there are people behind those ideas and our ideological opponent is not our enemy, right? The guy who dis that we're disagreeing with is not the enemy. We're still commanded to love them as Yeshua loves us, right? And that needs to be first and foremost. Yeah, and as we're talking about being different and healthy differences, it's important to think about our history as individuals, families, communities, movement, and be aware of the steps we've taken in being different and having differences that were healthy and steps we've taken that were unhealthy and actually just bring those be before the Lord as well and say, Lord, what areas have I been mature in my differences with communities, with other families and individuals? Have I, have I expressed your love through my differences? And in what ways have I been immature in those areas? And to, to get real about those areas can, I think it can improve our health in the future. And we can grow in maturity as we meditate on what we've already done and where things have been. And in a lot of areas in the Messianic movement, we've, we've failed. We have had unhealthy differences. We've shot each other down. We've made things personal when they were not personal. We've been judgmental of other groups in the faith. And those are areas we need to let go. And we need to move on and say, Lord, how do we have differences with humility? Like, how do we let your love permeate us to the depths of who we are and let that really affect our communication and our styles? And uh, that'll make a big difference too. Yeah, definitely. I think that our communities would be a lot healthier if everyone felt free to define themselves without trying to define others. Well, it, it almost goes back to like what I was saying, the example of even diet earlier, right? Where there's, there's two different types of people. There's the type of people that say, hey, I'm convinced of this and I'm going to eat in a certain way. And then there's the other type of group that tries to get everybody to eat the way that they're deciding to eat right right and so it's yeah they're they're very different yeah that's right and and that's that's really part of emotional maturity right um being able to define yourself without feeling the need the need to define everyone else right mm -hmm. and basically that's about knowing boundaries like where you end and someone else begins well, and it, it also involves, like, if somebody else is anxious, you not having to be anxious because they're anxious. Right. Right. It's just being able to exist in, in and of yourself without taking on whatever the larger group 
is is uh you know putting out there mm-hmm. yeah so one of the common responses to differences if if i feel anxious because someone is different from me i might want to try to force them to change and agree with me or become like me in mm-hmm. some way right but when we're doing that we're overstepping boundaries and most of the time it doesn't work right benjamin franklin said a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still it's true <laughs> but so like in talking about that like there is also a healthy debate that you can have right and right. so what is the difference do you see then between trying to convince somebody and change their opinion and just having a debate right yeah that's a legitimate question and even like there there's a place for challenging someone else yeah. in whether it's challenging them in their discipleship yeah. with yeshua or yeah. whatever it may be well i go back to a thought from the last episode my question is still do we value outward performance more than inward transformation because I think it does depend. It's easy to get into arguments about peripheral things. There are places for good debates and having differences, but sometimes I just wonder where it's going and if it's actually going anywhere healthy as well. Some of the topics we get involved in and we start arguing about. And I just remember Paul wrote something in Corinthians about the simplicity of devotion to Messiah and realizing, hey, if we're really grounded in the simple devotion to Messiah, then in that context, we can have some great debates. You know, we can have some great arguments even, and they could even be heated, and we could shake hands and hug after and fist bump, but it just needs to be within the right framework. And that's not always there, and it's not always stated before the conversation as well. So I think stating parameters before a conversation is really valuable saying hey we want to have this conversation and dialogue within like an encouraging environment we we approve of each other we value each other and within that context we we can open up this dialogue yeah yeah and i think too there's a big difference between when we're being motivated by our anxiety about the other person being different different than us and simply having a debate or a conversation or, or whatever it may be, or challenging someone on on something in a, in a healthy way, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think of just even conversations I have with my wife. My wife is a very, very logical person. And so sometimes she, she will argue a, a topic with me where she's wanting me to disprove the 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 stance that she's holding right she's like i want you to challenge this and i want you to prove it wrong right mm. and it's not that she it's it's like really convince me of this show me that you are really convinced of this and it's not malicious it's just i want you to show me that why you hold the belief you hold right and i think that that's a healthy way of talking about things is like hey, sh- tell me why you believe what you believe, right? And I think that when we frame it that way, it it's a lot healthier than saying, 
I think you're wrong because of this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, one, one concern I have about, like, focusing on differences is that sometimes it's easy to assume that another person wants to engage in a conversation about a topic. But if you don't mm -hmm. honestly ask them, you don't know. And sometimes it's easy to, to think... I want to engage in this conversation with that person and I think everyone in the movement loves to argue and debate and not even ask the other person, just jump in and that can be dishonoring to another person as well if we don't just ask, hey, would you want to open up this topic and discuss it together? And I think too, when we have those conversations, it's important to keep in mind to be defining ourselves without trying to define the other person for them. Right. So making statements like I see things this way and this is why I see things this way without saying you're wrong and this is why you're wrong. <laughs> right. Defining yourself rather than defining the other person. That's a really good point, Ben. Yeah. And saying this is my perspective and through my journey, these are the conclusions that I've come to instead of saying, no, the truth is A, B, C, D, E. Because you can't get anywhere when you're only arguing and saying, I know the truth. A friend of mine was saying that her, um, someone she knew was asking, why don't people just agree with what the Bible says? I mean, it's so clear. But the fact is, we could look at one verse and have totally different opinions or different ideas arising from the verse. So it is important that we say, hey, my perspective on this is this. Or, or my conclusion or what I've come to so far is this and then things can there can be less pressure involved yeah and and again going back to one thing we mentioned in the last episode is just listening like listening well Ooh, yeah uh, a lot of times when we're in a debate with someone we don't actually listen to them we spend our whole time trying to come up with what we're going to say next rather than actually taking the time to figure out why what they're saying makes sense to them because if someone has a belief that we disagree with, obviously it makes sense to them in their mind. Yeah. And if we don't even see why it makes sense to them, how can we even debate that? That's so true. So even bouncing back what someone has already said yeah. to make sure that we catch it can be really good saying, so Ben, is this what you're saying? This, this, and this, and this. And you can say, no, that's not actually what I was trying to say. And we realize, oh, we just had a miscommunication in the first minute of our conversation. Right. That helps to slow things down. And it helps me realize I'm not really listening. Or maybe I'm not a good listener and I need to slow down. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are valuable skills, whether it's in a community setting or with a friend or in our marriages, right? These are things we, especially in our marriages, and yeah. especially as men, we need to hone the art of listening to our wives. Amen. <laughs> You're right. And also, uh, I think uh, another thing about an emotionally mature stance is that you don't have to feel threatened by what other people think. Right? And that goes both ways. Because on the one hand, we shouldn't feel the need for everyone to agree with us. And on the other hand, we shouldn't feel the need to agree with them right we don't have to see it as a threat so we can still be passionate about our own beliefs and and argue for them while being 
respectful towards others, right? And and showing that, that love of Messiah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up our conversation for this time. Discipleship discussion is brought to you by segula.net. Our goal is to cast a vision for a healthy and mature Messianic Torah movement and deal with issues that affect our everyday lives as disciples of Yeshua. If you have suggestions for topics that we should discuss on this show, send us an email at feedback at segula.net. Whether you're Messianic, Hebrew Roots, Christian, Torah observant, or whatever lingo you prefer, we hope this conversation has been a blessing to you. And together, may we all become a glorious people in Messiah. Good job, boys.